Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. Watch out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Bayheim! DeVito backs up, throws deep, has Harris right side, and the catch at the five, and he tumbles into the end zone. That's a touchdown from 46, and the Orange are rolling. The Bills make me want to Allen looks to his left, fires left side, in go to the end zone, Stephon Diggs makes the catch, touchdown Buffalo. Swing into this, it is over. The Boston Red Sox, baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. This is On the Block. Yeah, I was driving home yesterday, so I heard some of your show. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. Thanks, Brent. Two, one. Here's X-Men. Here on ESPN Radio, 97.7, FM, heard wherever you are, whatever you are doing, the ESPN app, for the love of God, can it stop raining? Man. Summit came outside. She took one look at the backyard. She said, nope, back inside. It's 46 degrees on the in-studio thermometer here. I mean, oh, ah. I know it's fall and it's getting towards and the Christmas decorations are up at all the stores. And I'm just in denial. I mean, I'm wearing, I think, a long sleeve shirt and jeans for like the second time this fall and I know. I, it's coming. I know. I, I understand that. But uh, this is the way I tell you, when you have the ESPN app, you got to soak in those beautiful days and get outside and get that vitamin D. Because today's just one of those days you're like, come on, bro. Come on, bro, as the kids would say. My kid says that to me a lot. Come on, bro. I'm like, no, dad, father. Anyway, happy Monday, everybody. You ready to rock and roll? You can uh, listen to the program in those traditional means, or you can uh, take in the full, encompassing, on-the-block experience at QSportsTalk.com, where you can watch the show, you can chat throughout the show, and you get the show within the show during commercial breaks. The show keeps going. Well, how does that work? Well, the radio audience gets commercial breaks. You at QSportsTalk.com do not, because we can push a little button. By the push of this button right there, just want to push it right now. Push that button, the mics stay on during breaks, and we have a lot of fun and give you your own content at QSportsTalk.com. We've got a jam-packed football Monday lined up for you here. Plenty on the Syracuse loss to Clemson, going back to Friday night, of course, but still lingering thoughts on that. We got the news last night that Tommy DeVito is moving on, becoming the sixth Syracuse player to leave the team since training camp began and the second significant name to enter the transfer portal, but it's not going to get any bigger than this in terms of players leaving via the transfer portal. This is a biggie. It's the player on the team that could go into the transfer portal. Certainly not unexpected that Tommy DeVito would go into the portal, but you know, you circle back on what he said right here 
on this show a couple weeks ago. It kind of felt like he was going to ride it out, but nobody blames him certainly for exploring his options and uh, taking the exit stage left. It's just a matter of still getting used to that being the new normal in college sports. We will certainly get into that. How much more of this can the Syracuse football team take? All these close losses, close but no cigar. Four straight games. I can honestly say without looking it up, I've never seen that. Syracuse play four straight games decided by three points, and three of those four games are losses. How long can they keep that up? It's actually something I asked Dino Babers about today. We'll get his thoughts on that and listen to plenty of what Dino said today, as you can imagine. A lot on Tommy DeVito, but uh, certainly the field goal, the decision to kick the field goal, how huge in-game decisions are coming back to bite this team, particularly in close games. Those decisions swing games. They decide games. And Dino just can't, speaking of pushing the right button, do that in these big game scenarios here, these game-deciding decisions that just keep going against Syracuse. Was this more of an execution thing? Was this more of a happening? Or how much of that falls on the head coach for deciding to kick that field goal in that spot? We will go through that. Speaking of special teams, our friend Sam Rogers reached out today, former Syracuse captain, long snapper, special teams ace. Sam reached out. They said, hey, can I come out and talk some special teams? I was like, you think I'm going to say no to that? But I think it's timely given that what happened with Andre Schmidt with that kick, if you look at it, we've got the picture of it up right here in the studio over my left right, left shoulder. If you're looking at it from a different angle, it looks like my right shoulder. But laces were in. I believe I was told by Ray Finkel one time the lace should be out. So we'll get into the particulars of it. Does Syracuse need a full-time special teams coach? I think it's something that Dino hinted at today that, yeah, we're going to be going back to that. And Sam's perspective on this team so far, player perspective on how do you keep fighting through when you just can't get over that hump and win these close games. Monday night football. The bills make me want to kick your heels up and shout. Red Sox play game three as the American League Championship Series shifts over to Fenway. I am going to be uh, busy tonight. Smoke coming off the remote for sure. So we'll get into both of those matchups and recap the NFL weekend. Ten question blindside on a Monday. Man, we're going to get all this into one show? We shall try. And you're welcome to join all of that at 437-7644 on Twitter. Brent Axe Media and as mentioned, the live chat where you can opine as much as you'd like at QSportsTalk.com. Well, the chosen one moves on. No matter what Dino Babers does, no matter how much longer he coaches at Syracuse, no matter how much success he attains from here on out, no matter how much failure comes his way from here on out, the legacy of Dino Babers will be forever tied to Tommy DeVito. It will be hard for Dino, not impossible certainly, but it will be hard for Dino to bring in a bigger recruit, a more important recruit, and a more significant name to Syracuse football. And that didn't work out. And I wrote this column today. For those of you not familiar with this story, this is true. This It's almost too good to be true. It's like somebody like me sat down at a laptop and, and thought of a movie script here. But this is true. When Dino Babers got the call from Tommy DeVito that he was committing to Syracuse University, he was at Jersey Boys. Jersey Boys, for those of you not familiar, you should see this, by the way, if you have not, either the Broadway show or the movie, which Clint Eastwood directed. It's about the four seasons. 
about some young men back in the early 1960s that got together and had that very distinct sound. Walk like a man. I did a very bad impression of it right there, but just that sound that cut through and how, as part of that group, a young man named Tommy DeVito from New Jersey formed this group and cut some of the more iconic songs of that era and songs that cut through to this day. The rise and fall of the four seasons, particularly Tommy DeVito. So Dino Babers is at a Broadway show that is based on the rise and fall, the life of a Tommy DeVito from New Jersey. Gets a call from Tommy DeVito from New Jersey. I'm committing to you. Now, at the time, of course, things were in transition. Dino had taken over for Scott Schaefer, was transitioning with those players, most notably Eric Dungey. But DeVito was the heir apparent. DeVito was the next one. He was the strong-armed, elite 11, four-star prospect, most marquee recruit brought in because it just doesn't get bigger than a big-time quarterback prospect. He was somebody that checked all the boxes. Stars. Elite 11 with Tua Tagovailoa, with Sam Ellinger, with some big names in that crew that went on to have amazing college careers. Tommy DeVito decided to come to Syracuse. He was in the six-hour window. You know, you always say you got to get those big-time recruits. And if you can get within the six-hour window, stay regional, don't have to go all over the country, although... That's where recruiting takes you. It takes you to the hotbeds like Florida and Texas and all around the country, Ohio, right, Pennsylvania. But, man, New Jersey, Syracuse used to own New Jersey. You kidding me? Paul Pasqualoni, George DeLeon. Sally, you want about Paul Pasqualoni and George DeLeon? And I've said a lot over the years. Man, they would just walk into Jersey like it was the duty-free shop at the airport, and they would just come out with their arms full. Well, that changed through the years, right? So to strike and get a player from Jersey who could have gone to Rutgers, who could have gone to a lot of different schools, was huge. So the hype was there. Not that you always need hype with recruits, but, man, Syracuse football needed a score like that because they were so used to having to oversell you. I know he's only a two-star prospect, but let me tell you, this guy's got potential. It's nice when you make the score, when you can just say, whammo, four stars, elite 11, big-arm kid, in the six-hour window from the state we used to own, he picked us. And he picked Syracuse at a time, as we mentioned, transition. You give that new coach a couple of years, old coaches, players, but you're starting to bring in your, your own guys. You could not have picked a better script to hand to Dino Babers to transition his own player, his own guy, in the most important position in football. And Tommy DeVito came in. And he pushed Eric Dungy. Remember, we are all a little surprised in that opening game of the 2018 season. Syracuse gets a big lead and out trots Tommy DeVito. What's Dino doing here? He's getting his young gun some time. Had to take him out, put Dungy back in because things started to get a little hairy in that game. But that was a little bit of a flare. And then the third game of that 2018 season. Syracuse needs Tommy DeVito to come in, lock it down. When Eric Dungey gets hurt, and he looked pretty impressive in that game, and a little bit more of, ooh, okay, I see the future here, and I like it. The North Carolina game, the most famous example, 
DeVito comes in, first throw in that game, 50 yards down the sideline, Jamal Custis. Game goes to overtime, the touchdown throws that DeVito led, engineered a win. He didn't just keep the seat warm. He didn't just take the baton and say, I I got this and I'm going to take it home. No, he won the football game for Syracuse. That sparked at the time a quarterback conversation. I don't want to say controversy. Some like to call it that. It was a conversation. And I'll admit, I was one of those people that said, yeah, make the change. I was dead wrong at that time. Because Eric Dungy, of course, got, I don't want to say got his job back. He never lost it, but certainly erased all conversation about having to make that change, locked it down, and went on to set records, win the bowl game, and put a bow on Syracuse's greatest season in years. But, man, you felt good about the future to just go from Dungy to DeVito. That's what big programs do. That's what big boy football is. The next one is ready. He's there. This is what Alabama does. This is what Clemson does. This is what Oregon does. This is what name your Ohio State. They've got the next guy, and sometimes they've got two or three at a time, and they can't figure out what to do with who, and Syracuse actually had that problem. It was great. It was great. Man, we got two quarterbacks that could play. This is, wow. Do you call Ohio State? Like, hey, how do you deal with this? We're not used to this up here. What's the deal? Hey, Saban, how do you do this? 2019 came, and it just never panned out for a number of reasons. A lot of those are Tommy's in terms of just he had one speed and never quite transitioned into what Dino Babers built for him. They just couldn't keep the car on the road. They worked on it in the garage a lot. There were moments when that thing got up to speed, but they couldn't change gears. One gear, one speed, just never felt that it clicked. The offensive line in that time frame gave up 88 sacks in the 2019 season, the 2020 season. DeVito had moments in 2019. Fifth game of the year, Holy Cross, Syracuse up big, 41-3. to He suffers an upper body injury. Wasn't the same the rest of the year. There was a close game after that against NC State. A couple other games that could have gone either way, but following that 2018 season, it just all fell apart right from the beginning. In game two of that year, when you get your doors blown off by Maryland, that takes college game day off the table, and you guys know the story by now. So there were moats there. And DeVito's first shot at redemption came in 2020. Well, we all know how that turned out. He only played four games, got hurt. And I think people tend to brush over this. When you tell the story of Tommy DeVito and they say, well, he's had three years to win the job, well, not necessarily. 2019, hurt half the year. 2020, he played four games. It's not like this guy played 12 games one season, 12 games the next, and they just were being stubborn about keeping a quarterback out. They didn't even play eight games in 2020. But 2021 was the truth serum. Because he was handed the job, he knew he had some competition in the room, but he said, you're my guy, Dino Babers. No matter what he does, from here on out, will be always linked with Tommy DeVito. He said as much today, by the way. That's not me telling tales out of school here. This is something that Dino said himself today. I'm attached to him. You know, people may not believe that, but, uh, I mean, his well-being and him doing well is extremely important to me. It's hard, you know, because we, we saw things the same way, and we... Just like you, the words you use, we envisioned a, 
a certain type of ending. And it's just different times and things change. And uh, with that change comes change. And it didn't work out the way that we both anticipated, but I, I hope it works out the way he anticipated it somewhere else. And I will do anything in my power to help him wherever he wants to go because he's going to get a recommendation from me. Think of what that phone call must have been like. Think of the thoughts fluttering in both of their heads. DeVito, his whole future ahead of him, finds the coach, the offense, the school he wants to go make magic. Babers hangs up the phone, says, I've got my guy, and here I am watching the rise of Tommy DeVito. Well, that night he saw a show. He saw Jersey Boys. With Tommy DeVito here, he lived the rise and fall of Tommy DeVito from New Jersey. The difference here being usually when we're having these conversations, going into game eight of a season, it's because someone got hurt. It's because DeVito tore his ACL and we know his career is done. We're in a different world now. We are in the new normal, but it's still taking some getting used to. We just had this conversation with Taj Harris. Kind of a different scenario. He had been in and out of the lineup. He had had some issues that certainly were public about wanting the football, flipping off a camera, and some things that made you say he just wasn't happy here. Saw the landscape of the offense, wanted to preserve another year of eligibility, which no one begrudges him for that. And he says, okay, I'm going to go somewhere where I'm a little more appreciative and my talents are going to be utilized better. No harm, no foul there. Now, we'll play the clip later, but Tommy was on this show. As you've been listening to Tommy weekly on this program, I have enjoyed that. I think the listeners have enjoyed that. Some people have reached out to me via Twitter and other places, like, man, I felt really awkward for you having to have that conversation, but I'm glad you did. And for the most part, the bigger part, they complimented Tommy because he still did it. He came on. He faced the music. That can't be a fun situation. That's got to be weird, awkward. He didn't have to do that, by the way. That's his choice to come on in this new world of name, image, and likeness, right? He could have just said, hey, you know, I'm not the starter. I'm not going to do that or just didn't want to be put in a situation where you got to swallow your pride, eat some humble pie, and be like, yes, let's talk about why I'm not the starting quarterback anymore. Like, no one would blame him at all. He's like, you know, I'm going to pass on that. But he did it, and he showed his face, and he talked through it, and I thought he was pretty impressive, and I thought he was very insightful in what he did, and I appreciate him doing that on this show. And I appreciate him doing that with the media the past couple of years, but it just goes to show you, you can script everything to the T. Tommy DeVito from New Jersey, Elite 11, four-star, big-arm quarterback, comes into the pass-happy up-tempo offense with Syracuse football on the rise with the right coach, the right system, the right place. Sometimes it just doesn't work. That's sports. That's football. So here we move on today, and now with seven games in the books, Syracuse still a couple weeks away from a bye. Garrett Schrader right on the brink. I tweeted it again. Maybe time to put Tommy in the game here because they could not go down the field against Clemson. Jacoby and Morgan noted today by Dino as the backup quarterback, but can Syracuse just kind of hang on here? Because they're running out of time 
Virginia Tech a must win? I mean, that goes without saying that they got to go on the road and win that game. You've got to snap this pattern you're in, playing and losing close games, because that will eat you alive. And now Syracuse knows that you may not think he should have been the quarterback, but you knew he was a reliable backup. You knew he was somebody ready to come in. If and when Garrett Schrader got hurt with his style of play, it ups the likelihood it will happen. Now it's not even an option. So will we say at some point you don't know what you got till it's gone? It's amazing to think about because it was hyped up and talked about so much for good reason because it checked all the boxes and it brought anticipation to that level that just made you feel like, yes, Syracuse is turning that corner. But here we are today, as you heard Dino mention there, things change and then they change. And on that note, we shall break. We will come back. We will get a player perspective on not only that, but the special teams Syracuse is struggling with right now. Sam Rogers, former Orange captain, long snapper, is going to join us coming up. Looking forward to that. Let's hear what uh, happened on the markets, though, before we break. Our friend Bill from Lee Baldwin and Company here to deliver that news. Hello, Bill. How are you? Good. Uh, pretty quiet day on Wall Street. Uh, the Dow finished down 35, but the other averages closed higher in the green as uh, third quarter earnings start to come out. Uh, Tesla was our diamond today, up 3% ahead of earnings on Wednesday. Uh, stock's at an eight-month high, which pushed Elon Musk to the uh, uh, richest billionaire in the world once again. Um, and they, there was a stat that says he's worth more than Bill Gates and Warren Buffett combined. Oh, good for might... him. Good for, I, was, I was starting to worry about him. You know, he's got uh, all kinds of things going on there. I thought, it's good to hear he's doing all right. Don't have to do pretty a, crazy. Don't have to do a telethon for him or anything. Good to know. <laughs> no, pretty crazy numbers. And then on the uh, downside, we had Disney. Uh, uh, they had a downgrade today as uh, Disney Plus subscriptions are slowing down. Um, there are rumors they're contemplating a spinning off ESPN. Ooh. And then today they they also announced uh, the delay of six uh, Marvel movies by a couple months to six months each. So not a lot of good news for Disney today. Bill, always appreciate the thoughts, the insight, and we will talk to you again soon, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. It's Bill from Lee Baldwin and Company, where you can get all the diamonds and none of the dogs on your portfolio because you get their expert stock market advice. And Kaz and Utica, LeeBaldwin.com. Stop in, zoom in, phone in, however you do it, so we have all the diamonds and none of the dogs, as we noted. A diamond always. Sam Rogers joins us next. Stay right there. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse Sports Talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. This is On the Block with Brent. And it is, friends, presented by Billy Whitaker Cars and Trucks. Welcome back. Welcome aboard. However that describes you, my name's Brent. We talk sports. All right, a few things uh, lingering from the Syracuse-Clemson game. We're going to listen in to some things that Dino Baber said today, including what I thought was a particularly interesting nugget about there is somebody whose designated role is clock management. Uh, no offense to this individual, but you're not doing your job. And if that individual is Dino, he didn't say that. I thought he was just going to be cute and say that person is me, but kind of intimated there is somebody on the staff who specifically manages clock management and that has not gone well and that has been an achilles heel all right i understand it's been a few days and i get the benefit of coming here on the radio three days later and in the case of friday night 
an hour, two hours, three hours after the game. I've watched the replays. I've had time to think about it. I don't get the benefit of making the call in the moment, but I'm also not the head coach that get paid millions of dollars to do such a thing. As I wrote and as I will say, and I believe Paulie Sibilia was challenging me on this. How dare you, sir? Nothing about that moment has kicked that field goal. Well, you got the Lou Groza Award winner. Well, your Lou Groza Award winner was one of four on kicks between 40 and 49 yards this year, including a 45-yarder he missed the week before. As, and I'm not saying Sam Rogers has this opinion, I'm saying as Sam Rogers gave us some insight into earlier in the show, the snap, the hold, the procedure of the field goal not working. The laces were in on that kick. There's been something off. There was something off on that kick. Now, you can say that's execution. That's a happening. That's not the coach's decision. But let's keep something in mind here. There are 43 seconds remaining. You called a timeout, which I'm fine with. I don't disagree with the timeout. Use them and kind of figure out what are we going to do here. But, man, if you got time to think about it, and now Clemson knows that there's more time to think about it. You can't hurry. You can't catch them off guard. You can't try and keep things going, run a play. Once again, Syracuse goes in the turtle shell on fourth and short. When you have Sean Tucker, you have Garrett Schrader, you have Chris Elmore, you have a trick play you can run. How many people would rather go down in that moment as opposed to send the kicker out there? I Let me remind you, with 43 seconds on the clock, so even if he makes it, not that Clemson's offense was lighting the world on fire that day, but why give them what would amount to about 30 seconds to have some sort of fluke happen and they get in field goal range and beat you that way? I'd rather go down fighting. And it's not just the mentality of let's go down fighting. The numbers tell you. The analytics tell you. The smart football move there is to go for it. Right? But the numbers don't line up. Now, to be fair... I wanted Dino's perspective on this, okay? And I will admit, I didn't do the best job of asking this question. It was kind of a word salad, and Professor Axe would get an F on this one. But it came down to this, because something that Dino said about gut feelings versus numbers, right? And he's he was talking about it today at the press conference. What I asked him what amounts to this, right? Was it a gut feeling? Because the numbers don't add up. And I brought up the numbers. Your, your kicker's one of four in that spot between 40 and 49 yards. The clock coming out of a timeout. N- nothing added up to, to me, in my opinion, the kick there. It's almost like a gut feeling. It's almost like, yeah, I got the guy, and I'm just going to make the kick, right? Okay, here's what Dino said about it. No, I, I, I think, first of all, I asked before the drive started, I said, I asked the young man how far he could kick it. I said, how far can you hit this thing going in this direction? And he gave me a number and I just said, no, that is not, we're not kicking from there. And that, and the number that we sat in was more inside of that, way inside of that, based off of what he said to me. Now you've got to understand, you know, this is a guy that just two weeks ago kicked a winner. He's hit a 54 yarder. He's hit a 51 yarder. And we're not talking about in domes. You know, he's talking about outside, win, elements. So for me to say that the Lugosa guy can't kick a 48-yard field goal to put us on a tie, okay? He believes he can do it. I believe he could do it as well, regardless of what his previous numbers were. He's been consistently good 
not occasionally great. You're talking about over four years, right? Not a one-year guy. But there's 43 seconds on the clock. If there's 12 seconds on the clock, I get what you're saying there. You don't mess around. You kick it. You try and go to overtime. So I had an issue with that. The revelation that there is some sort of clock management expert on this team was also rather interesting, and I want to pull up that clip here. Give me a sec here so we can get Dino's perspective on that. And having a clock management manager, having a full-time special teams coach, like this all sounds well and good, but remember, you can only have 10 assistants that have designated titles, right? Dino, I played the clip earlier, but he certainly strongly hinted that there will be a full-time special teams coordinator on the staff next year. Right now, it's kind of piecemeal. It's kind of all over the place. And he, Dino, is the one who deals with the kickers. But good question in the press conference today about, well, do you designate somebody to be the clock management guy? Here's what Dino said. Without revealing who it is, can you shed a little more light on their role? Like, how much of that is during the week and how much of that is during the game, you're facing a decision. Like, do you have someone in your ear with those numbers or next to you showing them to you? The answer is yes. Is that their full-time role during the game? The answer is yes. Well, that person's not doing a very good job. I mean, the clock management issues have been ever-present. You don't need me to go over all of these here, right? And again, it's easy for me to just nitpick a situation here. This has been consistent. You want to talk about consistent? Not consistently good. It's been consistently bad. It's been the Achilles heel. It's been the one thing you point at and say, what's wrong here? Now, on that note, and I wanted to get Dino's perspective on this, this is a team that has played, and I've never seen this before. They have played in four straight games. Four straight games. Decided by three points. Do you know how freaky that is? Three of those have been losses, the last three. And, man, after a while, that's just got to drive you mad. So my question to Dino was, how is the team handling all these close losses? I think they're handling like young people. They're disappointed, just like the older people are disappointed. But just like older people, okay, when you acquire, when you acquire knowledge, which is the power, you understand that sometimes things don't work out exactly the way you want to work out when you're 60 and 56 and 54. You understand that stuff. When you're 18 and 19 and 21, you want to hit reset and start not start all over again on that game and not kind of struggle through the tough times. The tough times is what makes you. Okay, all the grass is being grown in the valley. It's not grown on top of the mountain. And like I said, we're going we're gonna to rebound from this. And it's going to make these guys better, stronger, faster, whether it's on the football field or their family endeavors or their job endeavors down the road. Difficult times is when people grow up. I get the big picture perspective there. Dino is 100% right about that. Don't get me going on, um, not to be the old man in the room, but I, I feel like a, let's just say that, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to, I was about to be the old man. These kids today don't know what the hell adversity is, but I'm not going to do that. So I'll just agree with Dino that experiencing difficulty, adversity, things of that nature in the long run will make you better. But in the short term, you got to win some of these games because the clock's running out on you. You should be bare minimum, bare minimum five and two. Four and three would be like, okay, acceptable. They're three and four. You're losing close games. 
consistently, and the reason you're losing them is consistently the head coaching decisions, the clock management issues, third and 23, accepting a penalty, swinging a game 16 points. I mean, we've, we've been over this, right? Now, per Tommy DeVito's transfer, which we'll get back into coming up here, just kind of the sign of the times we're in here, the end of an era, no matter what Dino does from here on out, he will be forever tied to Tommy DeVito. There was no bigger recruit he brought in, and until he tops it, there will be no bigger recruit he's brought in to this point. And I think it's going to be very tough to top that, considering the position, following up Dungy, the hype of it, Elite 11, four stars, the whole deal. If Syracuse gets somebody better than that, then credit to them, but... He will be forever tied to Tommy DeVito, something he admitted himself, by the way. I also found this interesting. As Uncle Brent tells you, when they say they don't read it, they say they don't know it, they are lying through their teeth. So I appreciate Dino being honest and saying, oh, yeah, I read the tweets. I stayed up last night. I read all the tweets. I read all the stuff. I told you guys I read all that stuff. I'm reading all the the, uh, information that's going back and forth on the Internet. I appreciate the honesty there. I really do. Thanks, Brent. You're welcome, Coach. I do appreciate that because they're all lying. Because if they're not reading it, someone's putting it in front of them, right? That is the biggest load of crap that coaches in any sport, really, college, professional, whatever the case may be, say, oh, I don't read that stuff. Uh, yeah, you do. And if you don't, you're going to hear about it one way or the other. It's just human nature. Your friends are going to tell you. Someone's going to text you. Your sports information director is going to say, oh, just see what Brent Axe wrote about you this time. Like, they're going to see it. So I appreciate that bit of honesty there because that Tommy DeVito thing, whammo, hits on a Sunday night, and given the world we're in, yeah, social media is going to hop on that right away. So let's discuss that more. I want your thoughts on where this team's at here and just, man, how long can they keep this up and – reacting to the kick and what Dino said or anything uh, we have not mentioned that you would like to discuss Syracuse football-wise. We'll do it next. Stay right there.